Everyone, let's just give a hand. He has a powerful word for us tonight. Let's give a hand for intern pastor David on. Thanks for calling me out like that, Marcus. All right. So you guys ready for this? All right. Tell your neighbor, get ready for this because it's on like Donkey Kong. Tell at least two people that. So when I found out a couple days ago that I was going to preach, I was just asking God, you know, what do you what do you want to speak tonight? And it's a timely and it's a powerful word. Amen. So let's turn our Bibles to first Peter chapter four. Chapter 4, verses 8 to 11. Everyone have the ESV? Everyone's there? If you're there, say amen. Amen. Okay. All right, let's read all together. One, two, three. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. Show hospitality to one another without grumbling, as each has received the gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let me pray real quick. Uh, Father, I just thank you for this opportunity to speak your word, Lord, and I thank you that this word is from you. This word is timely. And God, I just pray for every heart to be open, uh, that, Lord, the ears of their heart will be open, that they may hear and really just receive this word, oh God. I just pray, uh, yeah, Lord, have your way tonight. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I'm going to read, reread verse 10. As each has received the gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Can I get some water, please? So my first point to you is, you all have gifts. You all have received gifts, amen? Amen. And I'm not talking about gifts you get for Christmas, for your birthday, you know. And Peter wasn't talking about that too when uh, he wrote this letter. And Man, I'm a little tired right now from Greek. But yeah, so Emily and I, we've been doing Greek intensive every day. So it's only natural I'm going to talk about some Greek tonight. So the Greek definition for gift is charisma or charisma. And the root word for this, thanks, is uh, charis. So in other words, it's, it's like a divine grace, hence charis, in the name of Herman and, and Grace's baby, you know. And one, one of the definitions is it's a favor with which one receives without any merit of his own. It could also be a gift of faith, knowledge, holiness, or virtue. And in scripture, Paul writes about gifts as well, right? You got... Natural gifts he talks about in Romans chapter 12. He says, you know, if you have a gift of serving, then serve. If you have a gift of teaching, then teach. If you have a gift of encouragement, encourage. If it's giving, give generously. If it's leading, do it diligently. If it's showing mercy, then do it cheerfully. And he talks about spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 8. And he says, uh, spiritual gifts like wisdom and knowledge, you know, faith, healing, uh, working of miracles, prophecy, discerning between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues, right? And all these are for the work of one and the same spirit, and he gives them to each one just as he determines. 
So, yeah, my first point again, you all have gifts. And you Philly, we have a lot of gifted people. Amen? And, you know, being a son of this house, it means we have a mighty inheritance. And part of this inheritance is the gifts that the mature sons of this house carries. And, you know, personally, I always pray for, like, a double portion of these gifts. I'll always, you know, we always hear, their ceilings are floor, right? And as sons, we got to be claiming this. So personally, you know, I've been claiming a lot of these inheritances, and I'll just list some of them out. So Pastor Christian, spiritual father of this house, he's got an apostolic and preaching gift, anointing, right? And he's got a gift with the youth, and he's got that uh, gift. I remember him mentioning how people just open up to him. They just share, like, the deepest secrets of their hearts when they first meet him, right? And I've been even claiming that, and I'm telling you, it's, it's been working, you know? <laughs> Even when I was at uh, Torch, I met the student, and the person was just telling me all these things, and they're like, I don't know why, but I just, I never tell people this, too. And I'm a son of this house, you know? So, you know, Pastor Aaron, she's got a prophetic anointing, accuracy, right? And, you know, even some of the words that she spoke to me uh, in Japan before I came out here, before I even knew I was coming to Philly, they're still being fulfilled. I still claim these words, and, and I see the fruit of it, because I'm praying as a son, she also has an administrative gift. Amen? Amen. All right. Um, you know, pastors JM and Pastor uh, Sky, you know, they have a deliverance anointing. Hence, they're the healing and deliverance coordinators of this house, right? And especially Pastor JM, he's got a, a teaching anointing, and he's got, a, he's got a word of God anointing. You know, he knows so much scripture. You know, and, you know references and all, he just, he just lists it out, you know, like, like, it's the name of his kids or something. You know, he just, he just knows the word so well. Man, that's a gift. And, uh, yeah, Pastor Marcus, he's got a gift of wisdom. Let me tell you that. You know, half our conversations we have at the house and at, at uh, the office, all right, it's kind of foolish for the most part. <laughs> but, but the other half, man, it's, it's full of wisdom. And I, I've received a lot of nuggets of uh, revelation and wisdom throughout this whole year. So, Pastor Myungwa, you know, she's got a gift of working miracles. She's got a gift of, uh, like, a supernatural anointing. I've gone to missions with her twice. And, man, we've seen some crazy things. We've seen legs grown out, demons casted out, healings right on, right on spot. Um, we've seen, yeah, the lame walk, the blind see, you know, like, crazy things like that. She's got a supernatural anointing. And Pastor John, he's got a... This is something I pray for a lot, too, where he's got a gift of not just leading, but commanding the worship of man, you know, to the praises of God. And we have a, we have a lot of gifted people in this house, and this is part of your inheritance. Amen? So, yeah, I want to repeat my main point. You all have gifts. Now, what's the purpose of the gifts that we receive? I'm going to talk about one more Greek uh, definition of the word charisma. And it's uh, grace or gifts denoting extraordinary powers distinguishing certain Christians. It's gifts that enable them, listen to this, to serve the church of Christ. The main reason why God gives his church gifts, both natural and supernatural, is to build up the body of believers. And how do we do this? It's simply by just serving, oh, serving one another. Let me drink some water right now. <laughs> Thank you. 
All right, so let's go back to 1 Peter 4.10. As each has received the gift, use it to serve one another. So my second point to you is this. We are called to serve. And we're called to serve because 1 Peter 4.8 says, Love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. We're called to serve because we're called to love one another. You know, the second greatest commandment, love one another as you love yourself. Even in uh, Ephesians 5.25, it says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You know, there's, we're called to love each other. Whether we're single or whether we're married, we're called to love each other. And we do that by serving one another. 1 Peter 4.9, it says, Be hospitable without grumbling. And that's immediately right after he says, Love one another, right? And the thing about this is, you know, Peter, when he was writing this, he was writing to both Gentile and Jewish believers. And they were under crazy persecution, but he was telling them, love one another, serve one another, and one way is being hospitable. And hospitality was something that was very much admired by both the Greco-Roman culture and the Jewish culture of the day. And inns at that time, it was very unpleasant. You know, it wasn't, the, it wasn't like a five-star hotel. It was it's pretty nasty sometimes. And more than that, it was really dangerous. And he was telling them, be hospitable, be loving, when it's really hard to do that. Because, you know, love costs us something a lot of times. And to give you a, a more, well, not modern illustration, but how many of you guys saw Les Mis? Oh, yeah. All right, I saw a lot of smiling faces. So, yeah, Les Mis, <laughs> all right. Beginning of the movie, right? You know, Jean, Jean Valjean? Jean Valjean, Jean Valjean, yeah, yeah. I was just testing you guys, just testing you guys. So Jean Valjean, you know, he gets, he gets out of jail, right? And then he's trying to find places, and they're all like, hey, wh- where's your papers? You know, and he gets kicked out. He keeps getting kicked out, and no one's showing this guy hospitality. And then what happens? Uh, the Pope, or not the Pope. <laughs> all right, my bad, my bad. Um, the Actually, I, I looked it up, and he was a bishop. He wasn't just a priest, but he was a bishop. Bishop Muriel. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Muriel. And, you know, he showed hospitality to, you know, Jean Valjean. Prisoner 24601, you know? I got that part right, but, yeah, he showed Jean Valjean hospitality. And that's kind of like the image, you know? And the the... I was about to say Pope again. The bishop, he got robbed. You know, he got robbed by Jean Valjean, and he still... (laughs) I'm just not going to say that name anymore. So prisoner 24601 (laughs) robbed him, but he still kind of covered up, and he was being hospitable. He was serving. He was was loving on the guy. That was kind of like a picture of what uh, Peter wanted to see during that time from the believers, and... Let me give you a better example than Les Mis. As a matter of fact, let me give you the best example of serving one another. Jesus Christ, Matthew 10, 45. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we are called to serve because we are called to love each other deeply. So I'm going to give you some practical ways you could do this. Number one is easy. Join the service team. All right? I was, serv- I was serving on the service team for a little over a year now. And, yeah, it's, you know, those chairs, they don't just get set up by themselves, you know. People got to bring them up from downstairs. 
You know, and, and that beautiful, delicious bang over there, that, the bread and the, the clementines and all that, it doesn't get cut up all nicely by itself. You know, it's people who serve this house. And uh, another thing we're doing this year, the reason why I'm not on service team is I'm helping to forerun another ministry of this house. And it's, it's kind of like welcoming. Uh, it's pretty much welcoming, but uh, yeah. So, you know, this, this, this church is really hard to get to, right? It's like a city on a hill. You know, we're shining the light of God, but it's kind of hard to find. And, you know, people, are, people get lost and people end up not coming to this church or come at the benediction because it takes them so long to get here. So what do we do? We, I don't know why we didn't do this earlier, but... Uh, yeah, Pastor Christian initiated this ministry where a bunch of us are holding signs and we're going to be outside and, and, and uh, crucial places, strategical places to help guide people to find this place, right? So, yeah, volunteers to hold those welcoming signs. All right, that's one way you could really serve this house. You know, even when it's the dead of the winter, just go out there, you know, hold those signs, serve this house because even though you're going to miss some of the amazing praise that we have here, you're serving people. Even if it's their, someone you never met before, you know, a newcomer, just serve people in this way. Another example, church cleaning, you know, there's ways, there's many ways to serve this house, right? So serve your brothers and sisters, serve the church, because in Hebrews 6.10, it says, for God is not unjust so as to forget your work and the love you have demonstrated for his name and having served and continuing to serve the saints. God is saying, show me love. Bring me glory. But the way he's going to remember it is by the fact, by, by how you serve and love one another. You bring glory and you, you show love for God when you love one another. So yeah, you all have gifts. Now use them to serve one another. Because when we serve one another, we become good stewards of the varied graces of God. And in 1 Peter 4.10, as each has received the gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Because when we steward the revelations, gifts, and graces of God, we're not only called to be faithful. What are the two things PC always tells us that God's going to look for? Faithfulness and... Right? So that's my third point. Uh, We are called to be faithful and fruitful stewards. So repeat after me. We are called to be faithful and fruitful stewards. We are called to be So uh, I'm just going to read a quick Bill Johnson quote. And he says, gifts are free, but their development is really costly. And as believers, we must develop, or better, we must multiply the gifts that God has given us. And for example, uh, you know, New Philly worship, it's amazing, right? We've got an anointing on this house for worship. I think one of the things that really drew me to this house when I first visited was the fact that people were just so hungry and on fire for God, and you just felt the presence of God. You know, as soon as you walked in, and uh, you know, I got to uh, join in on one of the joint practices led by Pastor John for both worship teams and Hillside and Itaewon. And Pastor John was just really challenging the team. Um, you know, you really not just be faithful, but be fruitful. You know, he was really challenging the team to really pursue a higher level of excellence in. Uh, musicianship, and uh, he was just telling them to really, yeah, that what we have is good, but what we want is better. You know, we can't just stay where we at and where we're at, and 
Even uh, before I started leading Praise for Emmaus this past semester, I got to talk to Pastor John, and I was just sharing how I wanted to do some uh, creativity things and uh, just writing songs and, and uh, things like that. And he was saying, like, he was really encouraged by that, and he was really promoting that. He was saying, that's so good because, yeah, when we're writing the songs that God wants us to write, when we're getting better in the spirit of excellence, you know, we're, we're being faithful, we're being fruitful. But when we're not it's simply this. It's simply being less than faithful. And he was just saying how, yeah, we're called to really pursue a higher level. Um, yeah, so we are called to be faithful and fruitful stewards. And another reason why we're called to do this is because our fruitfulness is not meant just for us, but it's to bless others. You know, and when what God has deposited in, in this church, you know, the things of sonship, the teachings, the you know, supernatural anointings, all these things that we have, it's not just meant for our soul. You know, that's why we sent a team to Puzan called a seaside. You know, and it's not just meant for Korea either. That's why we're gonna plant a church in Australia next year. What we have here, it's not just meant for us. It's meant for the nations. In that same way, it means that for us corporately, it means that for you individually as well. And I'm going to read you another Bill Johnson quote where he says, a cup is only full when you overflow or when it overflows. And many believers, they, they always ask, you know, God to fill their cup. They always say, God, you know, fill me up, fill me up. God, you know, they'll just be singing that, you know, on the way to church. And, you know, they're just asking God to fill their cup up because they're just feeling so dry. But your cup can't be filled unless you're overflowing. And you can't be overflowing unless you're pouring into the lives of other people. And, yeah, even personally, I remember um, some past dry times, quote-unquote, I had uh, in my spiritual walk. And uh, for four years, I was serving New York, Korea, Campus Crusade for Christ when I was a student. And I remember my last year, I was just, like, really tired, and I was like, all right, I kind of think I need a break. And I was serving as, like, a not just a small group leader, but I was serving as a student leader and tepyodan uh, and all these Korean terms that no one really understood, but just joined anyways. And I was just serving and I was saying, you know, I need a break. I need to focus on my studies. And I also want to just, you know, work on my relationship with God. I remember telling this to my staff. And uh, my last year, I didn't serve as a full-out tepyo um, president of my ministry. But you know what's interesting? That was probably one of the most driest times of my life. That was probably the most one of the most driest seasons I've had. And looking back at it now, it's because even though I was leading small groups, the, the influence and the people around me, the cups that were all around me, there wasn't as much as there was before. So why, why would God overflow me when it's just going to go to waste? You know, He wants to pour into the lives of other people. And when we're called to be filled with the Spirit of God, we're called to overflow. We're called to be blessed, to be a blessing. And the reason why I'm telling you this is for all you MA students to help become student leaders. <laughs> right, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. No. No, really, though. I'm telling you this because God, he isn't going to fill your cup when all you're asking for as your need and your want is just to, just to be filled. He doesn't want you just to get by. He wants you to overflow to pour into the lives of others. And why I'm talking so much about serving and being a good steward is because of 1 Peter 
chapter 4, verses 11. So if you want to go to that. Yeah, it says, if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things, God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and power forever and ever. Amen. I like that version better. That's why I said it. But this is my uh, last point. Uh, We live for God's glory. So I'm going to talk about uh, a man named Betzalel. And it's it's spelled Bezalel. But... uh, in the Hebrew, it's Bethsal-el. Anyways, uh, if you want to turn there, you could turn there. But it's in Exodus chapter 31. And Bethsal was one of the first men ever mentioned in the Bible to be filled with the Spirit of God. And it says when he was filled with the Spirit of God, he was filled with all skills, abilities, and knowledges, and all kinds of crafts. And if you really look into it in later chapters, it, this means he was pretty much a, a metal worker. He was a jeweler. Jeweler, a gem cutter, a woodworker, an engraver, a designer, embroiderer, and weaver. I don't even know what half of these things are, but man, he was gifted in a lot of different crafts. And from what I've heard, you know, even to master one of these crafts, it takes your whole life. But he was gifted in in, in a bunch of them, you know. And in other words, Beth Salel, he got crazy creative. Because he got filled with the spirit of a creator God. And this is the very first Friday fire of 2013. And 2013 is the year of what? Inspiration. There you go. And you feel it. We all know 2012 is over, right? And although the year of increase is over, the season for it hasn't. Because when we are good stewards of the varied graces and gifts of God. God multiplies them. That's just part of his nature. You know, when we were faithful with a little, he gives us more to be faithful with much. And going back to Betzalel, I'm just going to break down uh, the meaning of his name. Be means uh, in, at, with, by. And uh, Tzal is shadow, and El is short for Elohim, which is Lord. So his name literally means in the shadow of God. And he wasn't by himself. You know, he had, he had all these uh, priests to help him out. But God raised up another man. His name was Ohaliav in a later chapter. And he was like his right-hand man who was helping him uh, with all these works. And his name literally means tent of the father. So, yeah, we got in the shadow of God and we got his buddy, tent of the father. (laughs) And I mention this because I love the power of a name. Because a name, it tells you something about yourself. It gives you an identity. And these two men of God, they both knew who they were, but they also knew who they worked for. And Betzel El and Ohali Av, uh, they weren't just created for their own sake. You know, when he got the embroidery or craft down, Betzel didn't just make a nice little dress for his wife. You know, or he didn't, when he had the jeweler craft down, you know, he didn't just make some earrings for his little daughter. You know, they used it for something besides their own glory. And together they served to make sacred arcs and tablets. They made pure gold lampstands and accessories. They made you know, all the um, nice jewelry. And they made the sacred garments worn by Aaron and his sons. And lastly, they helped build the tent of meeting, which is pretty much like God's house on earth. You know, they, 
they got blessed with creativity that they never, that the world has never seen before. Well, what did they use it for? They used it to serve one another. They used it to serve the people around them and ultimately give glory to God. And the spirit of creativity or inspiration is going to rest upon this house. And we've already seen it in, in increasing glory and in increasing measures, right? And even last night, I got to uh, go to K1 where uh, we had this little promo video shoot where a lot of you guys were. And, you know, we got a lot of gifted people again. And Pastor Marcus... You know, he did a spoken word, put on a soundtrack. You know, it was, it was pretty uh, popping, as I said earlier. And uh, Pastor Joel is just editing the video right now. And, yeah, what I saw, though, last night, even though I was really tired from all that Greek, what I saw was even the people who uh, were just there for the shot, you know, just as extras, just putting up this little sign or just walking to, to sit down or just kneeling. You know, what I saw was people serving one another for the glory of God. In that same way... You know, what God's giving us right now in this, in this year, this year of inspiration, it's not just a time for us to get really creative so we could sing a really nice song at Thanksgiving banquet. You know, it's not just for us to become a famous YouTube star. You know, I'm not saying God doesn't get glory when we do these things, but what I am saying is there's a reason why he gives us creativity. There's a reason why he inspires us. And only when we do it in a context of serving one another, that's when God gets the glory. And that's when God really pours it out. Spirit of creativity, spirit of inspiration can only happen when we faithfully serve one another as fruitful stewards. And in this year of inspiration, we are called to be oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of not ours, but his splendor. Yeah, let's just pray. Father, I just thank you that you have blessed this house, Lord, with creativity. Uh, creativity that is not of our own, Lord, but creativity that comes from heaven, Lord. And God, we thank you that this is the year of inspiration. And Lord, we just start off, Lord, this year by saying, Lord, everything we receive, every gift that you've given us, the Lord, that we're not going to use it for ourselves, but we're going to use it to serve one another. We're going to use it to bring you glory, God. And Lord, I just pray for every heart, Lord, to really just look at you. And Lord, we start off this way, but we don't want to. We don't want it to fade out, Lord. Every day of our of our of this year, God, we just want to remember why we're doing the things we're doing. And God, we thank you that last year was the year of increase, and this is still the season of increase, God. We thank you that you still give us gifts, and you're you're pushing us, God to a higher level of excellence. But Lord, I pray that as we have these gifts that are being multiplied, that Lord, it will be directed to you. Yeah, Lord. And God, I thank you that, yeah, a spirit of inspiration, Lord, is just falling upon uh, each and every heart, Lord, in this room. God, whether they're on the praise team or the tech team or service team or on no team, oh God, we just thank you that, yeah, you're just inspiring each and every one of us, oh Lord. Because Lord, we just want to be people who see your name glorified. And God, we thank you that you give us this chance to partner with you in this way. God, we thank you that this is a house of humility, not one of false humility that's, that's just beat up and weak, but Father, one that is strong, but one who knows that it is strong because our strength comes from you.
God, we thank you that you are the strength of our heart and you are our portion forever. Yes, Father, so we say 2013, Lord, is your year, year of inspiration, where we bring glory to your name. In Jesus' name I pray.